Hello and welcome back to Not Overthinking. Tamor, how are you doing today? Mate, I'm pretty tired. There's a thing that's been happening this whole past week where I'll just get up at 7 a.m. because of the light that comes in through my window. And so just you know, regardless of when I sleep, I wake up at 7 a.m. And so I've just been like pretty sleep deprived for the last few days. Nice. Yeah. So some might say, what light through yonder window breaks? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm a bit sleep deprived, a bit tired. Okay. I've got a, for the, for the last, for the last three, three years of my life, I've been questioning why you live in such squalor that you can't get <laughs> curtains in your room or like get someone to install some blinds. I feel like it's never made a difference before. Okay. But now you're sufficiently old to that. Yeah. But I mean, I think the eye mask things work okay. I've just lost my eye mask. I see. Fair enough. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Mate, honestly, I think if you actually put some actual blackout blinds in the room, it would be game changing. Really? Yeah. I mean, everyone talks about it, right? It's like the single biggest hack that you can do to improve the quality of your sleep. It just feels like it would be faff. It would be a faff to hire someone to just come in and sort it out. Yeah. I mean, this is such a high measure thing. Like, the amount... <laughs> <laughs> you might need sleep in that room. Plus also, like, lack of sleep then affects your focus for the rest of the day. Mm, that's true. In the words of Steve Hewitt, CEO of Gymshark, um, it's not, can I afford to do it? It's, can I afford, can I afford not, to? not to do it? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, fine. I guess, so I go on Amazon, I get some blackout blinds. No, you go on Google and be like, blind installation type person. And he'll get the blackout blinds. And you'll get them to come to you. Yeah. They'll measure it. They'll make it happen. All you have to do is click on a Calendly link and book an appointment. Okay, that's actually pretty easy. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to go down the DIY route, then yes, okay, you have to do all the faff. But yeah, like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, who's got time for that? Yeah. Yeah, I need to do that. I feel like I've also been putting off sorting my teeth out. And so I'm going to contact a dentist and just like bash that one out. Yeah. You know, on that note, one, one useful activity I, I got from our friend uh, Neil Nanda's blog mm. is every now and then you just set a five-minute timer and you ask yourself, what am I procrastinating from? Yeah. And then you make a list. <laughs> yeah. And then you figure out how to get everything done on that list or delegate yeah. everything on that list. That's uh, pretty good. Haven't you, haven't you got an assistant now for causal? Yeah, she's helpful on lots of things. I mean, I feel like if it's something like I need to call one dentist and have one conversation on the phone, like it's just as quick for me to do it. Like the blind thing could require more research. So, you know, she could help with that kind of stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's me. How's your week been? Um, pretty solid, actually. Um, pretty oh, yeah. knackered right now because... Uh, Yesterday and the day before, I had a personal trainer session. Mm. So I'm, I'm back in the swing of things with a PT. Yeah. Got a chap called Dean, uh, who's very good. And we did leg day two days ago, so I can't, I can hardly move now. Then we did um, push upper body day yesterday. What's that? So lots of chest and shoulders and stuff. And then we're doing a pull day on Saturday. Okay. Um, and yeah, no, it's great. It's great getting back into the personal trainer swing of things. We do hour long sessions. We do about 10 minutes of warming up. And then the rest of the session is just like actually going really, really hard. Hour long. That's so long. It's pretty long. Yeah. Don't you feel sick? Um, at parts of it during the session sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you got to push through. And he's oh, well. like, come on, come on, Ali, you got this. You got to push through. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice. good. It's, it's very good. So I'm now, yeah, I, I think I, I made the mistake with the personal trainer thing of letting perfect be the enemy of good. What do you mean? Where, whereby initially... I had, I had a guy and then we were like, oh, but like, it's too much effort going to the gym in Virgin Active. So why don't we come to the yeah. gym in the flat? And then the timings didn't quite work out. And I was like, oh, but like, until I can find someone really good who can come to the flat, then it's not worth it. Yeah. And then I was speaking to some bro friends who are into gym and stuff who were all like, yeah, mate, you know, all personal trainers are not created equal. You've got to find the right one. Okay. Right. Right. And after a while, I was just like, to be honest, 
I don't need a particularly fancy personal trainer. <laughs> I just need uh, someone who can push me in the right direction. High praise for Dean. Yeah, Dean is good. Hope he doesn't watch the pod. I hope he doesn't watch the pod here. Yeah. Um, that's cool. The uh, the challenge I found was that I just started feeling really sick, like during it, the sessions. Yeah, just like, like you were going to throw up. Yeah, and you're going to pass out. Yeah, more like throw up, and then I just have to sit down and recover. Yeah, and so we so we stopped doing leg stuff. I think leg stuff definitely. So that happens in the first like week or two, and then you get used to. Nah, it. mate, it kept happening, and so we did. We I've got I gone down to forty five minute sessions, um, and I think I think forty five minutes seemed like the right amount of time. So I don't know how you do like one hour. Got to you got to go hard, and then you go home. But yeah, no. Every time, so if I if I've had a period of a few months, and then I have a trainer session or a session at the gym with someone who's like really pushing me, yeah, then I'll feel like I'm going to pass out and throw up. But after like a week of having that level of intensity, then I, then you kind of get used to it. Hmm. It was the same when I had a Zoom personal trainer in lockdown, where like the first session, <laughs> you know, even with like home, bit home-based dumbbells and kettlebells and stuff, yeah. I thought I was going to pass that. And he was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. We need to turn, yeah. turn this down. Yeah. Um, another thing we realized, we realized is I was wearing the Apple Watch um, hot monitor type thing. Oh, yeah. And basically we were just aiming like, okay, aim for your heart rate to be at like, like below 110 before you start the next exercise. Okay. And I'd yeah. be like, oh my God, it's still like 150. <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah, you need to sort your cardio fitness out. Oh, it's oh, still, okay. and now it's 140. He'd be like, yeah, keep waiting, keep waiting. Uh-huh. And it was like around 110 that I'd suddenly feel less grim. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so you can keep an eye on yeah, that Yeah, I hadn't actually tracked that. Hmm. Yeah, it seems, um, it seems like the new Apple Watch that's coming out has some crazy level of sensors on it. There's a new Apple Watch coming out? Yeah. Since when? I think, okay, maybe it's not super new. I think maybe it's already out. Yeah, I think but the I think 7 is already out. Yeah, it's got some next level sensors. My old Apple Watch, I think, is just like a bit defunct. It's from 2018. Yeah, I mean, that'll still do the job. Like, you don't need all the fancy sensors. You just need the heart rate monitor. Yeah. Um, anyway, enough about Apple. What are, we, uh, what are we talking about on the pod? I don't know, really. Um, what have I been thinking about? I'm just replaying conversations in my mind. What day is it? Today is Wednesday. I had a pretty solid course filming day. It's Monday and Tuesday filmed uh day two and three of our camera confidence course so that'll be coming out on the nice. grapevine at some point i went to google hq yesterday to have dinner with a friend nice how was it it was good it was really it's really swanky and nice and stuff mm. um but he's he'd, he'd been there for a year now and he was basically saying that yeah you hedonically adapt to it very quickly yeah, yeah yeah and yeah a lot of them seem to stay at the company for for the sake of you know the gold, golden handcuffs mm. kind of vibe um but it seems like a good gig hmm why don't we whip out some gems from twitter.com? Okay. Feel free to whip out. <laughs> no, wait a minute. There must, there must be something else that was on my mind. I just think about ideas all day, every day. Oh, yeah, we were going to do something yesterday, um, yeah, last, last time. Oh, yeah, let's follow up on our private life discussion. Mm, any any further sure, thoughts on that? I'm not sure if there's been any further thoughts on that. I just haven't really thought about it. I honestly just think it's like... Yeah, I don't think we're going to make any progress on that. Okay. I'll need to, I'll need to sit down and have a proper think about that and then we'll come back come back to the pod with some ideas. I see. Yeah, we'll follow up on that one. Um, one thing that we were going to do before, before we launched into that, that discussion two episodes ago was basically comparing our lives at the start of the podcast to now, 2019 versus 2022. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting because it's been like three years. It's been like three years and a couple of months, basically, yeah. since we started the pod. Yeah. Man, the time's really flown by. I feel like, I feel like when we got to like the one-year mark... That first year felt like, oh man, like a year has gone by. And then between then and now, it's just been a blur. I think that's because pandemic, right? Like yeah. Pandemic seems to have made everything a little bit of a blur where the days blend into themselves and... Yeah. Okay, so what did your life look like in March 2019? Um, let me see if I can bring up my journal entries from that time. Aha. I'm going to try and find my tweets from that time so I can understand what I was channeling back then. 
Oh, <laughs> this is interesting. I have a journal entry from the 1st of March, oh, yeah? 2019. And this was the day I hit 150,000 subscribers oh, nice. on, on YouTube.com. I said, I wrote, woo. Honestly, I, don't, I really don't care about number of subscribers anymore. And TBH, I haven't cared much since the days of 70K, I think. <laughs> on the one hand, I appreciate that the achievement, the recognition, etc., is nice. But on the other, the numbers are so meaningless. It's not as if subscriber count directly translates to views or to revenue. I suppose it does mean that there are more people in the world who have hit the subscribe button, but I just don't think about it at that level. Yeah. The nice thing is that the higher the number climbs, the more legitimacy I get. For example, if I want to go on a free trip and make a video in return, etc., might email the Wilderness Medicine training guys and see if I can make that happen. Chatted to Tame about starting a podcast together. <laughs> I, think, I think it'll be fun. Wait, was this April? This was March. Oh, okay, was March. yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, he's up for it. Quote, not overthinking it. End quote. I think the idea has legs. And at the very least, it'll be nice to sit down once a week and have a long chat for long form chat with Tame. Oh. Oh. Uh, today was the last day on Department of Medicine for the Elderly. The day was a little hectic with interesting things happening. Met Julia, a healthcare assistant from Romania who wants to do medicine, who watches the videos. Had a supervision with Roy, Sapphire, and Karj, and a new kid called Tammy joined too and seemed to enjoy it. Went over the same emergencies presentation that I did with these guys a few months ago, but they seemed to have forgotten a fair bit. They're forgetting COVID. So you still action. very much full-time doctor at this point. Very much full-time doctor, yeah. Then I went to the gym, got home and edited some of the Apple Watch video after making some chicken wrap with tomato and cucumber with oven roasted chicken. It so was you pretty cook, good. Cook your own food and edit your own videos. Avocado would have been nice. Watched Sam Calder's Indonesia vlog, which was pretty solid. Some good inspiration for that. Plus Chris Howe's Madeira vlog for how I want to make my travel vlogs. <laughs> Lol. Then oh yeah, you wanted to you wanted to pivot into tra becoming a travel vlogger at one point, right? I did at one point. Yeah. Then edited, edited this video, but lost interest around the 10:30 p.m. I'm happy with the way the content turned out. Now it's just for the quote boring part of sticking the right B-roll over it and doing the dash lane integration. Dash lane, the yeah. password, password manager. manager. I actually do use that. Got the whole day free tomorrow. Plan to finish off this Apple Watch edit first thing in the morning, then grab some breakfast and then film the how I use my iPad Pro as a doctor in 2019 video. That was a fateful video because I got a complaint about that one. Oh. That should be quite fun. Then the house needs cleaning before Molly gets back and Rupert's birthday right, mate, evening. Have, look, we got three years to get through. You can't yeah. be reading every bloody journal. But this is so nice. Let me see. Oh, brunch with Mac and Josh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that brunch. 24th of March. So that's what's going on in my life. Around the, yeah, around the time of the pod, I was still working full time, still plugging away at YouTube in the mornings and evenings and weekends, yeah. and still very much on the um, medicine path with YouTube still very much being a side hustle. Hmm. What was your life? Um, I'm just taking a look. So it's, I think when we started the pod, I was in a bit of a transition period where I was working remotely um, for the company I used to work at and also kind of starting causal on the side. And then like, yeah, sort of March and April would have been that. And then end of April, <clears throat> if you recall, I was in Singapore and we did an episode with Paul about careers or something that was like episode five of the pod something that when you were in singapore yeah oh wait so, so the two of you were there in person and i no, was no, paul it was we were all remote i don't know if he I, th I think he was in the uk oh yeah no he was in the uk yeah yeah we were all remote yeah. well maybe you guys were together i don't no, know i swear i swear yeah i swear he and i were together yeah i think maybe he and you were together yeah Anyway, so that was really where Causal started. Lucas was in Singapore on a work trip, and so I joined him out there, and we were, like, hanging out and working on Causal. What, what was the story about how it started in the early days? How it started in the early days? Yeah. And we had the idea in June 2018. Okay. Probably. Um, what was the idea at the time? <clears throat> the idea at the time was that we want people to think and talk and work in terms of probabilities why rather than fixed numbers okay where did that idea come from it came from my job so i was i was a data scientist 
I mean, as, as, as we all know from the the old intro, yeah. <laughs> how can you forget? <laughs> so God, I can't believe you would call yourself a data scientist just because you've got a job in it. <laughs> all right. So I was working at this company. They had some spreadsheet financial models and they were really trying to get at this idea of like probabilities. Basically, right. You know, for the uninitiated, if you're a business or even an individual, you might want to try and forecast the future, right? You might want to think, okay, if I want to retire, you know, when I'm X years old, you know, what do I need to do? Like how much do I need to save every month? You might think that if you're an individual. Um, If I'm a business, I might think, okay, like, am I going to run out of money? Like how many people can I hire? Like what will our revenue be in the future? So, you know, you have all these questions about like the future. And these questions will affect decisions that you make. For example, if you build a little model about your retirement and you see that, oh crap, at my current rate of like savings and expenditure, I'm not gonna be able to retire at all. Then you might look at that and think, okay, damn, maybe now I should like reduce my rent somehow or like find a high paying job or like save more, whatever, right? Like Stop eating avocado toast, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stop stop buying those lattes and then be able to buy a house a couple of years down the line. And so, you know, you can build a model to help you make decisions about like what you should do with your life or your company's life or, you know, whatever it might be, right? You want to predict the future. You want to predict the future. Now, the thing is, the future is quite uncertain. Yeah, the app should have been called Cassandra rather than Causal. Why? What did Cassandra do? Cassandra is like the um, uh, prophetic whatever from myth. Oracle. Yeah. Is she? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, but I think she was like doomed for like that. Her predictions will always come true, but no one would no one would listen to her. Really, or something like that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I think that's the story. Anyway. Well, I, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Cassandra's already taken as yes. a tech product name. It's some like data pipeline tool or something. <laughs> yeah, dude, like this. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, you could have also called it Oracle. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> could have also called it Delphi. Well, so actually, one of our one of our customers is a company called Delphia. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so anyway, you yeah. know, you want to predict the future. You want to you want to do better than Cassandra did. The thing is that the future is uncertain, right? Like, if you know, let's say you're in your retirement model, mate. Is this interesting for people? Do people really want to hear the spiel? I wanna. I wanna. Okay, fine. I I I get the spiel. Yeah. What was the, the the spark that made you think that therefore the, the, I'm yeah, going yeah. to make a company out of it? Yeah, yeah. The, the spark was uh, an aesthetic intuition that like, hey, there should be, you know, the spreadsheet way of doing things feels a little bit off. It just doesn't, doesn't like quite feel right. You know, um, you can't do this specific probability stuff. But actually, I think we can think of a better like set of building blocks for you know working with numbers you know that don't involve cells and cell references and e4 and exclamation marks and dollar signs and you know stuff like that so you know i studied a bunch of this like statistics stuff probability which has like a very good way of like thinking about models okay right and so it was like hey this is like a good framework for like thinking about models like you know making models of the world, making predictions, yeah. understanding uncertainty as well. Why hasn't someone just like taken this concept from statistics? Um, and built a decent and built interface like, on top Yeah, of and built like an interface that lets normal people build these probabilistic models um, where you can have different things depending on different things, etc. Okay. Right, so that was the thing. It was like, hey, the mathematicians have come up with this thing. But normal people are not using this thing. They're doing using outdated cell references. Yeah, they're using outdated cell references that don't account for uncertainty. And so it was like, okay, let's let's like build a tool to bring probability to the masses. Okay, um, what? So I want to dig into. Well, I want to zoom into that that leap of logic there yeah. of like 
someone should do this thing. Why has no one done this thing? Oh, th yeah, th I, therefore I will do the thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, that's, that's the part a, where a lot, a lot of people will have yeah, some idea yeah. of like, um, hey, there is this thing in the world. Someone should totally build yeah. a thing that lets you order taxis from your phone. Mm. And then the, the thought will end there. Yeah, yeah. But it takes, you know, a special sort of nerd to then be like, oh, I should just yeah, build yeah, the yeah. thing. So what's going on there? Yeah, so I think actually like our sense for like why we should build the thing was like, I mean, yeah, it was just, it was kind of wrong, basically. We were thinking like, okay, like we just felt really strong. Like, this is crazy. Like we're on, we're like onto some secret here. Like yeah. how is no one talking about this? Right. right? So, <laughs> so someone like uh, William McCaskill would be like, oh my God, it's crazy that people are dying around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, oh my God, it's crazy that people are not taking uncertainty into account using yeah. multicolor simulation when they're using right. like, Excel, doc Excel models. Dude, exactly. Okay. And so then it was like, okay. And, and also like, I knew I wanted to start my own company. I knew I wanted to do my own thing. I was like passively thinking of ideas. Oh, okay. And how stuff did, like how that. did you know that? I've just always felt that way as a teenager or whatever. I think like... Ever since watching The Social Network? <laughs> I think even like pre-social network. I think I think just like building stuff just seemed like just naturally like, like why would you not just do that? Yeah. And then, it, yeah, it felt like b building cool stuff would was is like the, the natural state of things. And then you're forced into getting a job to make money and stuff like that. And so after watching The Social Network, it was like, oh, damn, maybe I don't need to get a job. Maybe I could actually like build stuff and make money from it and things like that. Um, yeah, so... Anyway, I knew I wanted to kind of do my okay, own. So you have, so you have a background I'm, process running in, the, in, in yeah. the back of your mind being like, I want to start my, I want to build my own yeah, company someday. Yeah, what could be ideas? And, and you were thinking of like Substack. <clears throat> dude, yeah, literally. I was working on, um, dude, I was devastated. Basically, Substack's done really well. <laughs> yeah, Substack's done really well. Uh, I, yeah, I had, had the same idea around the same time that they started. The idea was basically Ben Thompson of Stratechery.com is making a killing, charging $10 a month for a subscription to his like newsletter. You know, there's lots of good writers out there whose audiences would be, you know, the whole thousand true fans thing. Like there's no good tool to let them have a monetized newsletter or a blog type, type of situation. So let's build like a really simple thing, almost like Stripe, right? Where in a couple of clicks, you can plug this into your website, blog, newsletter, and get direct subscriptions from your, from your, um, your readership. And so I was working on this for maybe like five or six months, um, just kind of evenings and weekends. And Substack was well, basically also started around that time. What sort of era was this? This was uh, 2017, end of 2017, early 2018. Okay, so while you were still at the day job? Yeah, yeah definitely still at the day job, yeah. Okay, so on the side you were tinkering with like the next Yeah, substack. on the side I was tink tinkering with the next Substack. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was... I don't know how they pulled it off, to be honest, because like we, I, we had the same... I had the same approach as them of like, okay, let's reach out to like all the people who have decent blogs and newsletters and stuff, let's like reach out to them, tell them like, hey dude, Ben, ben Thomas is making all this money. You could be making all this money. Let me help you with the tech. You know, what do you think? And so like reached out to a bunch of these people. Um, I just, yeah, I think I've maybe, I think it's definitely a numbers game. Like I definitely never reached out to enough people. And I, I think at the, at the time I didn't really have a sense for like what's reasonable. I maybe reached out to a hundred people or something over the course of like, you know, two months or something like that. Whereas I think if I... <clears throat> If I, if I knew more at the time, I would have reached out to like, you know, a thousand people over the course of one month and then like reevaluated and then like figured things out. So, okay. yeah, because I guess if, if it's your first time doing that sort of thing, you're like, oh yeah, I've, I've emailed a hundred people in two months. That's, that's, yeah. that's a lot of people. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's like on average one and a half person people a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think, I think like the extent to which everything is like such a numbers game in the early days is really not obvious. Like one of my friends, um, 
is was recently like working on like a um, sort of side business idea. Yeah, so some like software for legal firms to automate something. And um and you know, I asked him, Oh, okay, great, like, you know, how many how many people have you spoken to? Um, like how many how many like sales calls have you done basically where you like talk to them and see if like they'd they'd buy your thing? And he was like, hmm, I think we've done like two so far. <laughs> and um and like it takes effort to get those two, right? Like you have to reach out to a bunch of people where you get these two sales calls. Um and I think it's it's not obvious or maybe it is to some people, but it wasn't obvious to me, it wasn't obvious to this friend, that actually, like, you need to have a decent sample size. You need to, like, hammer the phones, hammer the emails, get, like, 50 meetings booked in the space of a month, have those 50 conversations, make notes from all of them, and then sit down and digest and figure out, like, what what your takeaways are. Hmm. And, like, getting 50 meetings booked is not easy. Um, but, like, that's, you know, that's that's kind of what you want to do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think this is... um. One of the one of the things we found when when we were building our course as well is that we had our intern Ray <laughs> book I think about twenty five meetings with a bunch of creators who were graduates of our YouTuber Academy and just asked them about what other problems that they had because we knew that this is an audience that's like we want to serve more of this audience right and that was like remarkably helpful yeah and then through building the course we realized that actually startups this is a classic part of the startup playbook yeah like yeah, yeah. interview your potential yeah market customers. research what yeah the customer and yet and yet no one does this in the creator world. Either okay. like you know, as they'll be like, "Oh, I want to make a course, but I don't know what to make it about." Yeah, and the answer is, bro, hop on fifty calls with people, random people in your audience who would love to hop on a call with you. Yeah, it's way easier to do that than it is to shill for a startup. Yeah, and then ask them what their problems are, yeah. and then after a month, you'll have courses, of course, ideas coming out of your ears. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it sounds like okay. So in so late, late twenty seventeen, you're at the day job. You're trying to do Substack, but you're not really hustling hard enough for it. To I'm, work. Not, I'm not hustling hard enough. Okay, and those guys hustled harder, but I think actually. I think their thing was really interesting because they, yeah, maybe this is where our, our approach was slightly different. They, it seems, just wanted to like get one guy making a bunch of money on Substack first. And they got this guy called Bill Bishop who has a newsletter about China or something. And they got this one guy like as like a Substack customer. He switched his entire like newsletter infrastructure or whatever over to Substack. And so if you were a reader of Bill Bishop's newsletter, you now had to read it on Substack. And like you had to pay ten dollars a month for it, and that was like amazing. Like, dude went from like I don't know how much money he was making on the newsletter, but almost overnight went to making like six figures a month from his newsletter just from like these subscriptions. And so six figures a month. Yeah, yeah. So this guy's making over a million a year writing a newsletter. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. My goodness. Um, And so yeah, I think once once they landed that one success story, then I imagine it's a lot easier to approach other people and say like, hey, dude, look what we did for Bill Bishop. You want to you want to make some money <laughs> kind of thing. OK. And I think I never got to that point where I had like that one, you know, the yeah. sort of one success story case study. Their their thesis was also like, I feel like your thesis was around this will this will be a WordPress press plugin that plugs into your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So their 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 thing is more opinionated where like you have to write on Substack yeah. if you have your existing blog or whatever. Um, you know, you have to move it to Substack. Whereas my thing was like, hey, we've built this little widget that you can plug into your site mm. um, that lets you keep your existing blog and, and things like that. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's also a difference. I think like that also, that complicates yeah. things. Yeah, but it's 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 not, it, I guess five, five years ago, it wasn't obvious that that would be the path forward because you would think that the cost of switching and all this other stuff is just like, yeah. but I guess kind of with hindsight, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Now they're building a platform. Well, yeah, I mean, you can, ima- you, you can imagine why like, and you can imagine pros. I, I honestly like. I think either approach could have worked. Like mm. they just decided to go that road, down down that road. Um, anyway, so that was the Substack thing. Um, but yeah, in the early days of Causal, we also, um, yeah, I remember once we had the idea. I was like, oh, this is it, okay. lads. So, so you're in Singapore. 
And he no, had so the idea. Had, had or, the idea beforehand. He had the idea in 2018. You're still tinkering with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the idea in, in like early 2018 or something, mid 2018. Right. And then I was like, okay, I'm not going to build anything. I'm going to like talk to a bunch of people. And then again, like the sample size was just very small. <laughs> I think I reached out to various people on LinkedIn across various companies. Um, ended up having probably like five to seven like meetings oh. with like with like random people. So like guy who worked at a consulting firm, I was like, hey man, you do some Excel while I'm using probability. Um, guy who ran actually a piece of software that lets you build these probabilistic models. Um, but it was like very technical. It was like for, basically for academics. I was like, hey man, <laughs> what are you up to? Why, 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 why aren't more people doing this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, he was an interesting guy. He's like a professor at like Queen Mary in London and like statistics and stuff. And so, you know, connected with like some people in the space, you know, there were Excel plugins that let you do Monte Carlo simulations. So, you know, connected with people like that. And so I had a few conversations. Honestly, like pretty inconclusive. But I think the fact that there were two Excel plugins for doing Monte Carlo simulations in spreadsheets and both of them were like, had had like pretty large user bases and making a decent amount of money. I was like, okay, like at, at the very least, some people care about this, you know? Um, in hindsight, like that didn't really mean anything. Um, you know, it gave us a bit more confidence of like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's something here. But like in hindsight, I don't think that really meant anything. Um, so I think like the signals that we thought we got in the early days, I think were all like pointless. Like I don't think they actually ever amounted to anything. Um, but they just kind of gave us a bit of a, a boost of like, Hey, you know, this is, this is worth doubling down on this is worth exploring. Um, and then, yeah, in, um, in Singapore, we built like a sort of little so prototype. You're in, so you're in Singapore. That, at that point we started the podcast. It's we sort started of like the podcast. early 2019. Yeah, 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 exactly. So what, what made you think, you know what, we're in Singapore. Um, my co-founder is here on a work trip. I'm here for the bands. Why don't we just build the thing? Like what, 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 well, was, I mean, what before, happened around then? Before I, before I went there, like we were working on it in like the evenings and stuff. And we were like, okay, let's like launch a prototype by X date. And then it was like, oh, Luke's going to be in Singapore. I'll just join him for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, work remotely from there for my like, day job. And then we can do this like together physically and it'll okay. be a fun time. Okay. So yeah, that's what we did. Um, and then that went decently. We put on Hacking News and stuff and got some traction. What was the prototype? Uh, it's just a hard-coded probabilistic model of whether you should buy or rent Oh, house. I remember when that came out. Yeah. We were messaging me being like, I've this on Hacker News. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically you had like the different variables of like, oh, what do you think the, uh, you know, how much how, how much is your mortgage going to be? Like, what do you think the stock market will do? And you could provide like, you know, ranges for things. Like, yeah. I think the stock market's going to be... I actually like, used that model in my latest video, which came out like, really? uh, like two or three weeks ago. Oh, nice. About awesome. buy versus rent. Love it, love we it. We saw the retention dip significantly as soon as I started showing my screen. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. So you It's because they all went on to causal dot app. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> they was were like, of, that was one of the theories. Of why am I still on YouTube.com? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that was one of the well, one of the three reasons that our analytics people gave for why there was a drop. It's like, maybe they all went to causal.app. <laughs> love it. Um, anyway, I'm not, yeah, let's not go down the causal story too much. Um yeah, I was just finding some tweets from from the time just to see like what was on my mind. I think this was like one. This was my sort of heyday of like caring about getting more followers on oh, Twitter. This was before you fell in love. Yes, exactly. Um, and it looks like my bangers at the time were getting maybe like forty likes. Okay, so you were trying to shill for Twitter followers. I I wasn't shilling. So right. What sort of threads did you write? So I wasn't too big on the threads. Um, I remember I, on July 19th, 2019, I called, I called top of the market for the word exciting. 
I said exciting has been suffering severe word inflation recently. Oh yeah, we did an episode about that. Yeah, we probably did. Yeah, um, that got like 19 likes. Uh, yeah, just random musings. Uh, raving about Spider-Man Far From Home. Backpack. Yeah, it's weird. I think like, I think caring about tweeting was like a really big part of my psyche. Okay. Uh, Hang on, let's look at social blade for your twitter.com so oh it doesn't go back far enough (laughs) silver subscription plan required oh no here we go so april 2019 may 2019 you had 852 followers okay and around that time you also significantly culled your people you were following Oh, yeah, I remember From I called... two and a half thousand to one thousand. Yeah, I did a call to one thousand. You're back to two and a half thousand now. Yeah. <laughs> and so at that point, you were on like 800 followers. Now you're on like 19,000 followers. You had a significant step change, sort of May 2020. What was going on there? May 2020? Yeah. May, May 2020, maybe we did Lockdown? like... A, we did... We kind of launched like causal or something. No, oh, maybe. On Twitter.com. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. Okay, anyway, so it was, tw- it was it was early 2019. You were yeah, Twitter was away at Causal. Yeah. You were trying to grow on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then later that year, I spent a month in Japan and we were working from there, which was a fun time. And I think my life broadly... So we didn't have when, our... When did you quit the job? I quit the job in like May 2019 or June 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah. So around the time we started the podcast, you quit the job and you went full-time on Causal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Okay. Did you have like funding at that point? Like, what what, what made you decide? This no, we one? didn't. We didn't have funding at that point. Um, we we were just like, look, n- you know, I'm not paying any rent at home. I'm scrounging off my mum. Like, I don't need to have a job right now. Yeah. Why don't we just like do this thing? Hmm. Um, and so that's yeah, that's that's kind of that was the thinking. So work life, you were quit your job. Had just quit your job. We're st- starting on causal. Yeah. Personal life, you were trying to grow on Twitter. <laughs> trying to grow on Twitter. Um, yeah, I think my my life was a lot more like. There's a lot more coffee shops, basically, because we didn't have our own, like, office or apartment in London at the time. Um, I'd be, like, working from home here, like, running around London, have, like, with some in-person meetings um, back in the day. Uh, yeah, lots of, like, sitting around in coffee shops, random places. And so, like, now when I think about my life, it's like, oh, okay, there's, like, home in St. Albans, there's Causal HQ in London, and there's, like, a couple of other places that I frequent. Whereas I think at that time, I it just felt like all over the place. Like there wasn't like a single spot that I used to like yeah. chill in, you know? Nice. So now three years in, causal is doing pretty well. Personal life has changed. Yeah. Everything's changed. Otherwise you're just sort of still sitting on a laptop all day, every day. Yeah. Still sitting on laptop. I remember in the early days of causal, if I had like two or three calls in one day, I'd be like, man, Oh, what a day. Three calls. <laughs> I think I've said this on the phone before. Whereas now like three calls a day in a day is, uh, is a dream. It's like, man, what a day. Yeah, what a day! Three, three calls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, everything is completely different now. It's crazy. Yeah, I think three years feels like a long time. Like it's weird that we've just been doing this for three years now. Like three years is a long time. Mm. Don't you think? Yeah, it kind of is. Is this like normal? Um, I guess with the with what's in startup land is, yeah. is are you sort of at normal trajectories in terms of time? It's a mix. Like people do it quicker, people take longer. Yeah. Oh. I guess they're not really race. Everyone's on their own journey. Nice. Kind of vibes. Um, Yeah, three years just feels like a significant amount of time. And it it kind of feels like, whoa, we've just like been doing this thing for three years now. Like that's quite significant. Don't you think? Like how long have you been? Have you been full-time on videos now? I was full-time on videos from August 2020 onwards. Okay, so like two. Nearly nearly two years. 
Nitty Yeah. How does that feel? Um, hmm. I don't really consider it full time on videos. I just consider it like I have now quit my job oh, okay. so that I can I can just do my own thing. Yeah, yeah. Which was always sort of the aim. The actually the 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 aim was always to do part time medicine. Yeah. Um. But then when that examining various assumptions around that, and that became just hey I'm just doing doing my thing. This concept of a job is is not a thing that I particularly vibe with. Yeah. And you know I'll do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Embrace uncertainty. Try and grow the team. Try and figure out what I want to do. Just outside the confines of someone else telling me what to do, yeah. and more like I just need to figure this out for myself. Yeah, um, which I think is, yeah, broadly the position that any kind of business owner is in. Mm. Whereas people who work in a business uh, tend to be more like <laughs> the employee mindset rather than the entrepreneur mindset. <laughs> to, use that, to use that phrase, um, how has like your general approach to things changed? I feel like I, I feel like I care a lot less about random stuff now. Random stuff. Uh, what do I mean by that? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I just have like lots of parts to my life and I don't really have room for more. Okay. So like, you know, being in a relationship, Causal's quite busy, spending time at home, like various friends who I catch up with. Like it feels like just staying on top of the stuff I'm currently involved in. Yeah. There's like not enough time to even do that. And so I think previously I'd had more like mental and physical bandwidth to like think of other random stuff of like, oh, like it would be, I remember at some point in like 2019 or 2020, Lucas and I were like, hmm, maybe we should start a newsletter about statistics, Um, you know, kind of thing. Whereas like, that's just not something that would cross my mind anymore. Mm. Um, I probably cared a lot more about like meeting new people, probably, um, yeah, things like that. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like the whole I barely have time to do all the things on my plate is a thing that will be true from now until retirement, probably. No. Because life doesn't get any any more chill yeah, as you grow up. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably more of a mindset thing and just like hmm. managing time differently. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? What did you care about like two years ago? Did you care about like making new friends, finding a girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah, I cared about finding a girlfriend, but like very casually, by which I mean non-seriously, and that mm. I didn't really, you know, play the numbers game. Mm. I was more like, oh, I've got a profile on Hinge and stuff, and occasionally I'll swipe when I'm on the toilet. Yeah. Whereas I think in 2021, I decided to take that seriously and actually set more of a thing of like, okay, cool. No, my plan for this year is to go on two dates a week okay, yeah. and see what happens because I don't have enough data points, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I think there was that. I think... Yeah, it's it's just like I think with the early days of of the YouTube when it wasn't making that much money, it was making some but not much. Uh, I hadn't. Huh? You cared a lot about like hustling for cash. Yeah, I mean, I I, I sort of I didn't I didn't particularly care about the cash thing massively, but I think yeah, when the podcast started, I didn't have anyone on my team and I was still doing all the editing and mm. stuff myself. And so my whole life was basically this thing of like, cool, I go to work. While I'm at work, I think about YouTube videos. Mm. When I'm home from work, I think about YouTube videos and yeah. do the YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like my social life was still pretty balanced because I was living with Molly at the time. We would have friends over. We would kind of go out, go out for dinner, come to London occasionally. Yeah, yeah. So it all felt pretty, pretty good. Um, I think in a way, one of the nice things about the structure of work was that it was this thing that I had to do. But this thing where... To be honest, a lot of the days I I had probably at least half an hour to two hours of free time oh, okay. at work where I could then tinker away Plant the YouTube stuff. stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. So, and yeah, I think that was a pretty exciting time. Exciting is, is now making a, a, a comeback. 
Um, <laughs> and so now, like, are you... yeah, I think I, c- I cared a lot about my medical career at the time because it was that, oh, that was the yeah. thing. So it's like, yeah. oh crap, like uh, CV points and like, mm-hmm. oh my god, what specialty am I going to apply for? And like, oh uh-huh. yeah, you know, all that stuff. Now I am much more like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you still thinking about like YouTube all the time, or like, is it more like you go into the studio, you do the YouTube stuff, you come home, you think about other things, chill out, like? No, I, st- I, I think I do still think about quote, work all the time. Okay. But it's less about like, I wonder what's happening, or what my next YouTube video is going to be. And more like, <laughs> how to build a system to leverage my mm. talents <laughs> so yeah. for, for our team of 20 people kind of vibes. Yeah. Or like, what's an appropriate profit share arrangement that we can arrange with for the team that blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or what's really the mission statement of the business that like other people can get behind. Yeah. So the more of those like strategic things, which three years ago I would have thought, oh, it's all BS. Yeah. Who cares? You know, just crank out the videos. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. I feel like life is good. I think what I'm trying to do now is think that I, 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 th- I think before I was very much in a when then period of my life. Uh, okay. I was like, okay, I know I'm going to stick this medicine, medicine thing out for, yeah. you know, until August of 2020. Yeah. And that is the break point where it's like, yeah. I know I'm going to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. There was this like future milestone. Yes. Kind of point. And it's like, cool. Now let's do the things. I think, I think around the time I was thinking, okay, cool. So when I'm on my gap year for medicine, yeah, it would be cool to go to Australia. It'd be cool to do this. It'd be cool to go to that, that I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to ha- learn all these musical instruments and stuff. Yeah. And it was a sense of, cool, let's just keep plugging away this YouTube channel then yeah. because things are working out. So let's just keep on doing the same thing to get to that point. And then I'll think about things beyond that point. Hmm. Um, and then a year later, you know, a year into the podcast, it was pandemic. And I feel like pandemic didn't really affect me particularly in the sense that I was still going to work oh, okay. and coming back home and thinking about YouTube videos at work yeah. and thinking about YouTube videos at home. Yeah. It's just that I then had more time to do that mm. because work was actually more chill um, because on obstetrics and gynecology, it was like pandemic times. And so there were fewer things going on. I also kind of volunteered to do like the twilight shifts, which is sort of 4 PM to midnight yeah. where no one else wanted those. Cause they had families yeah. where they were like, hell yes, I want those. Cause nothing goes on. So yeah. I can just sit and do YouTube videos on my iPad or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I just where, where wherever possible, try to swap with people. So I, yeah. and, and at that point, I think I was like, okay, you know, August, 2020 is like looming around the corner. I know I'm going to be unemployed in the next sort of six months. Yeah. So let's really kind of yeah. focus on the, th- the thing outside of medicine that yeah. I actually care about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now are there any like milestones of like, Oh, after this thing, then everything will change or something. Um, hmm. Ish. So the book is a major thing yeah. where it's like, okay, cool. Once the book is done, then yeah. dot, dot, dot. But I, 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 I feel like when I start thinking in those terms, that's probably flawed thinking because I, th- I think I always want just want to be writing and treating the book as like a particular, like, oh, when this is done, it's like treating it like such a heavy lift. Okay. Yeah. It's probably not a, not the healthiest way of looking at it. Yeah. It's more like, yeah, this integrates into, into my life. Okay. And I actually had a bit of an epiphany about this, which sounds very uh, trivial, <laughs> like yesterday where, you know, we were, we were filming a course all day and I was like, oh, I haven't, haven't had any time for writing today. This is kind of bad. Yeah. And then I was in the lift and I was like, hang on, like my whole job is either writing or filming. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm filming on a day, then that's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That day is for filming. Yeah. And if I'm not filming on a day, then great. That day is for writing. Okay. And I had just, there was something about that. I was like, oh, you know, that feels, <laughs> that feels pretty good. Yeah. I can now optimize for like, um, sustainability rather than for like hustling and stuff. Yeah. And I had a good chat with a friend, uh, who runs a channel called Colin and Samir. This guy, chap's name is Samir. And he was saying that like in the early days of the creator thing, and I, th- I think it's the same with the startup, but I don't know if it's the same with the startup. In the, in the early days of the creator thing, you do have to hustle yeah. and you have to grind and you have the consistency and all that jazz. Yeah. 
but once you have gotten traction you've now earned the chance to kind of take a break and yeah. take, a, take a bit of a step back mm. and think about where you want to go and your audience is not going to forget forget that you exist yeah. which is always the worry in the early days right 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 and so now i'm sort of like okay let's take a step back let's figure out what the mm. <laughs> new strategic direction of the business is and, mm. and so on yeah so that's sort of the stuff that i think about these days um do you feel like you're more happy and stuff now than back then i don't know i feel like i'm probably no more happier and stuff than i was back then i actually okay no i probably am so I am in the sense that, like, I now don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. Okay. But it's also then then meant that when I do have to do something that I don't want to do, yeah. I feel it more acutely. Because uh, I'm, okay. I'm not used to that state of affairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas when you're spending eight to ten hours a day at a day job, yeah. and it's like, oh, you, you know, it's just not even an option. You just go, and then yeah. you find a way to make it fun, find a way to make it energizing, make it, you know, make the most of it. But, and so, and so before... You know, when we started the podcast, if I'd, if I'd asked myself the question of like, you know, if I waved a magic wand, what would I be doing with my time? It would have looked very different because it would have been like no day job or at least day job yeah. maybe once a week or something like that. Yeah. Now, if you ask me if I waved a magic wand and I can do whatever I wanted, what would I be doing with my time? Mm. It's actually broadly very similar to what I'm currently doing, Okay. Yeah. which feels pretty good. Okay, nice. Um, and so for me, I think it's now just about figuring out, cool, what does this infinite game look like? What is the thing that I care about? And let's kind of build a life around that mm. and just check in with myself regularly to be like, you know, is this continuing to energize me? Does it continue to be fun? Yeah. Do you feel like there's more like day-to-day -day stresses now that you have like a team and stuff like that? Or does it not really? Yeah. So I think uh, 2020 to 2021, there were lots of day-to-day -day stresses as the team was just getting started. Yeah. And as we were hiring and as we had all the, all the growing pains of like, yeah. oh my God, what, what does it mean to manage a team, et cetera, et cetera. Now we've got enough people. We've got the right people in the right seats. Yeah. And uh, now Angus is like fully squarely our general manager. Yeah. So he deals with all the day-to-day -day stuff. So I'm finding that sort of it's now the other side of that mountain where it's like, I actually don't really need to deal with day-to-day -day team stuff. That's great. Yeah. With most of my life because Angus takes care of that. Um, and I can just think bigger picture about like, right, let's dive into this process and figure out what we're doing there. Or let's mm. think about a strategy and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So things were probably pretty stressful, I guess, this time last year as we were kind of growing the team. But now, now it seems pretty chill. We're just mm -hmm. sorting out a hiring process. We've decided that now hire slow is, is actually actually makes a lot of oh, sense. Really? Nice. Um, personal life going well. Got the girlfriend. Got the personal trainer. Need to get a therapist at some point just because people say it's useful. Hmm. I feel like compared to three years ago, a lot of the like existential angst or worries were have gone away because it's like i think causals past the, the phase of like it's a super uncertainty of like are we even like vaguely on the right tracks yeah. like are we going to be doing this a year from now i think we're kind of past that sort of existential phase i think being in a relationship as well is like i think before that it was kind of this like existential thing in the background of like oh i want to find a life partner at some point i should probably like do something around that so i think i think a lot of the big existential items are ticked off and it's hard, I think it's, it's hard to like simulate what it, like once you're, once you've ticked it off, it's hard to simulate what it felt like to not have ticked it off. Cause I think like when I, when I like had the day job and wasn't like doing causal or whatever, I think there was like this really profound existential thing of like, what am I doing with my life? Like I need to find something that I like can really like dedicate myself to all this kind of stuff. And I think it's like a massive shift to not have that anymore. Mm. But then you just kind of forget about it and it's like the new normal. But I do think that's a massive shift of like not having those things. Um, but I think like the day-to-day -day stresses are just like so much more. Um, yeah, I think... What do you mean? 
I think right now the team, the causal team has grown. Um, I'm still kind of doing a bit too much stuff and we're trying to hire people to run certain functions, etc. but I'm currently like doing too much, too much stuff. Um, and it feels like there's a lot more like responsibility and accountability and stuff like that. And so I think day to day stresses are like a lot higher, but I think they'll, I think they'll get better hopefully over the next like six months or something. Um, once we hire the right people in, in the right places, but I think the existential stuff is, is not, yeah, is not really a worry anymore. And, and yeah. it's actually like really nice not to have that. Hmm. Yeah. In a way it's like removing optionality. I think when I was doing the doctor thing, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. The, the, the nice thing about the doctor thing is that in a way by default, you can choose the, op- the path of low optionality because you just know that there is this path that's laid out in front of you and barring significant deviations, you're going to continue along that path. Hmm. Um, but I feel like, oh yeah, also when, I, when I'd quit the day job, I had a lot more uncertainty around like, you know, is this YouTube thing really the, the thing I'm really going to be doing? Is it really going to be sustainable? Yeah. But now that it is, and it's like, all right, cool. Something along this line is the thing that I want to be doing for this season of my life. And I don't really need to yeah. think too yeah, hard yeah, about exactly, it. Exactly. It's like, great, that's sorted. Yeah. I don't need to worry about that. Yeah. Similarly, yeah, with the relationship thing. I think before, I, 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 I wouldn't say it was particularly angst. It was more like, hey, there is this area of my life that currently is, the box has not been ticked. Yeah. And therefore, I need to make it a priority to tick the box, as it were. Right. Um, hmm. Now the box has been ticked, it's like, cool, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, you don't have to like actively sort of think about taking the box or yeah right. although it does uh, the ticking of the box does mean that like certain amounts of time get oh, for sure yeah blocked out in the week by default certain amounts of headspace gets blocked out yeah. by default yeah so it's a different sort of um yeah it's different to being single in the sense that when you're single it's like the objective is or you know first of some people is okay <laughs> i need to find someone yeah now it's more like i just need to make sure that we're both happy <laughs> yeah yeah and thriving and stuff mm nice um, i think we better wrap things up there yeah you've got to head off i've got to head off i've got to start the work day drop me at the airport um yeah but i mean otherwise we've just continued the same we've got the same equipment we've just upgraded our audio recorder because yeah. <laughs> i had a spare one lying around at home it's just me and you sitting across this table with these yeah. weird ass junky microphones yeah i, I think chat. in the early, the early episodes were here well it was a couple in france and then it was here this yeah. was like the standard place for it yeah absolutely I don't think we were even filming the early episodes no we definitely weren't i think we started after year one we we're like damn we should stop filming it and then we like did a poor job at filming it yeah and then we i think we're okay now yeah like people watch it on youtube yeah i think the thing of like uploading it to youtube just did not cross my mind i was like oh it's yeah. a podcast <laughs> yeah that's weird for like someone who made youtube videos no exactly um yeah i'm just trying to see are there interesting youtube comments uh when is ali going to finally introduce lucia to us as his girlfriend tbd uh no comment someone asked it feels like most of the episodes about purpose and meaning are from ali's point of view i would love to hear tamil's thoughts about how he views his life and what drives him hmm and then someone replied, agree. He seems like someone who values his privacy relative to Ali, at least. <laughs> we'll give you that idea. <laughs> um, well, nice. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time.